This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. It's now my pleasure to introduce our Executive Vice President and General Manager, Mr. Kevin Sheveldayoff, who will make our first pick on behalf of the Winnipeg Jets. Hey y'all, welcome to another edition of the Grit Per 60 podcast. My name's TC. I am joined by, from the Independent Alligator. My name is Brendan Farrell. Uh, I'm also known as TCJ. Yeah, so welcome to our Jets coverage with your podcast. That is all of the chemistry of the Steen Twins and none of the talent. Totally botched that line. But... Um, yeah, let's just get right into it. What do we want to start with? Uh, I think, well, we should at least acknowledge that as of this recording, we are recording this right before the Jets game against the Penguins this evening. Uh, but as of this recording, the Jets have won three games in a row. Yeah. How about that? Three in a row. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 4-1 win against the Penguins, 5-2 win against the Wild, and then a 3-2 win in overtime yesterday against the Blackhawks. So good start to the season so far for the Jets, at least, you know, standings-wise. Mm-hmm. And so I guess we should start with talking about that, um, that Jets-Penguins game. Yeah, where do you want to start? Um, well, I just said the Jets-Penguins game. Well, uh, we can at least mention that, uh, once again, the Jets, because they are the Jets and they hate leads, gave up the first goal, Sidney Crosby getting his first yep. of the season, just 32 seconds into the game. Yeah, and that kind of had a feel to it where it's like, oh, here we go. We're going to see Crosby make a fool of these young Jets defensemen um, 32 seconds in, like just – it just seemed like, you know, opening up it was not going to be a fun time for Neil Pionk and crew and company. Oh, and it's worth noting, uh, Morrissey was not in for this game. So, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, that, like the defensemen in this game uh, were uh, for the Jets, Anthony Potato, Carl Dahlstrom, Neil Pionk, Sammy Niku, Tucker Pullman and Vila Hainala. And meanwhile, for the Penguins, you have, like, Jack Johnson, Chris Letang, Brian Dumoulin, John Marino, Justin Schultz, and Eric Goodbranson. So uh, not exactly a great game of defensemen there. Yeah, and you kind of had this sense, you know, anytime Jack Johnson's on the ice or is in the lineup, you get the idea that it's going to be a high-scoring affair, probably. Um, Or at least one team's going to score a lot. Yeah, and well, the big advantage for the Jets is that they have nowhere near the injuries that the Penguins do. 
while their defense is worse, you know, they don't have basically their two middle lines out for the, uh, for, you know, the foreseeable future, right? Like the Penguins do. Right. Um, and, you know, as the game went on, the Penguins lost a couple of forwards. So they were losing guys um, as the game went on. And I guess that's one of my, my complaints about the NHL is that you can't, if you've got guys that are healthy scratches, you can't bring them into the game if you've got an injury. Like, I feel like you should be able to do that. I mean, it's just, otherwise you're just down to, um, the you know, you're, you're down, you know, the Penguins went down two uh, men. They were, you know, I mean, you could say, you know, they had the even strength on the ice, but on the bench a little short. Yeah, no, that's an understandable frustration. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that should really be a thing where you can just bring the healthy scratch guys down for the pallet or from the press box. But, yeah, I can see that it is infuriating I, how you have healthy scratches, if, perfectly capable bodies, just up there doing nothing when you, know, you have maybe, guys out. Right. Maybe not just whenever you want, but if you've got an injury and you have to take someone out of the game for that injury, maybe at intermission you can make a change or something. I, I guess. I, um, I guess they just don't want people going to and from the press box. but uh. Maybe. Um, okay. But after that Crosby goal, what happened? It was all Jets. It was all Jets. And not only was it all the Jets, it was all Jets defense. Well, mostly Jets defensemen scoring. Oh, so no, it was, it was about, half and half. It was half and half. Was it half and half? Yeah, it was half and a half. N- no, it was Hanala, Ellers oh, yeah. in the forward, Coolman, I... and Pionk. Yeah, that's my bad. And Lyonet had three assists. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Lyonet, who leads the Jets in points right now with uh, 10. And if you told me that Line A would have three goals and we would talk about how good Line A has been this year, I would look at you a little crazy. If you were to tell, yeah. tell me that the, the way we're going to measure his success isn't necessarily just his goal scoring, you were told me he's also going to contribute with assists and takeaways and moving the punk and keeping pressure, I would have told you you were crazy because all we've seen from him is his goal scoring ability and his shooting talent. Now yeah. it's a lot more of a complete game from him, which I've kind of heard rumors that he was improving, and now we're starting to really see it. Well, one of the things I read was that uh, he's been a lot less concerned about his his stats, really, like he because it's not a contract Good. year for him anymore. So Good. he's been a little more mentally, a little more relaxed, and he's just being out there being himself now. And he looks a lot better this year. That's an interesting line of thinking because he only has – it's only a two-year contract, so I mean, when it's time to renew that, his stats are going to be important in, in pretty soon. Um, yeah, but I mean, now that you know that you have what, like six and a half million a year in the bag, like right. it's a lot easier to think about that compared to your entry-level deal. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, just that, ter- and it seems like once the Jets started getting goals on the board. I would even so far to say is after that first period, we didn't really see much from like the Penguins didn't really respond very like they just it kind the game kind of fell into this lull where it felt like nothing was happening. Uh, yeah, I would say that things didn't really get 
uh, out of hand when it came, when it comes to like shot attempts and, you know, score effects taking over until the third period. Like it was all penguins in the third period, but by that point it was a four, one game. It's a four, one game. What are you going to, I mean, what do you think this is jets against the devils? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not like they were going to call a five minute major against the jets or anything. Yeah, because who blows big leads uh, with five minute majors? Absolutely. Um, and, and looking looking back at the score sheet, you know, we talk about Line and how he's gotten assists, but it's important to know that Trifley also had three assists that night. Did he really? Yeah, three did assists. Not, he had, not know. And he had assists on the same goals that Line did. Um, it's so like for the Hainala goal, it was Shifley with the primary line with the secondary Pullman. It was line a with the primary Shifley with the secondary for the Pionk goal. It was line a with the primary and Shifley with the secondary. Like that's, I guess line is giving Paul Maurice no option, but to keep him up on that first line. Yeah. And uh, especially with just the lack of depth in forward lines and the state of their defense, it really helps uh, when, like, they're going to need their top line to be on their game night in, night out. Yeah, yeah, and, and even their second line, I think, is going to be super important too. Um, you know, we keep mentioning how impressive Cop has been through this first you know stretch, um, but even with Kyle Connor and um, Nikolai Ehlers, Nikolai Ehlers. They, they that second line is moving just as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, Cop has done surprisingly well in that second line spot. Exactly. And uh, and Roslovic hasn't been too bad in that third line spot either. No, but I the thing with Roslovic, uh, and I've I mentioned this before, um, is he for me he tends to disappear. There are games where he – there are moments, not even games. There are moments where he looks good and he shows um, – but he tends – I haven't really noticed him that much overall. Um, and I guess the same can be said for Mason Appleton, who's shown flashes. You know, he's had good games and he's had moments where he's like, oh, that looked really good. He could be somebody and then sort of disappear. Um no, like, that makes sense. Yeah, like that, that makes sense to me. Um, I, I do like the idea of uh, putting Appleton with Roslevic and Perot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, I, I like the idea of just putting the youth, youth with the youth and throwing a veteran guy right there. I thought it was, I thought it was um, Appleton with Lowry and um, Roslevic still on the wing. Uh, sorry, I'm just looking at what Daily Faceoff has. Oh. Um, okay. So, although the other thing I wanted to mention about that Penguins game is Connor Hellebuck looked really good. Yeah. I mean, anytime you allow one goal, you know, it's, it's a good night. And, That's the uh, kind of game you want to see from your number one goalie. Yeah is, that, yeah. is that the Connor Hellebuck that we can see going forward? Is that sustainable? Yeah. I mean, as long as the play in front of him is better. Uh, one of the things I did want to touch up on was that the Jets as a team at 5-1-5 haven't been particularly great. Part of it Mm. is, like, I guess maybe some score effects stuff, but against the Penguins, 
they had 36.56% of the shots for shot attempts. Of course, four percentage, whatever you want to, whatever helps you sleep at night. Uh, and then against the wild, they were at 35.16%. And then they broke even, they were exactly even at, uh, against the Blackhawks at 50%. Interesting. Interesting. And, and, you know, I, I saw someone mention on Twitter that they thought about putting um, somebody like cop on that third line to get that third line rolling. What are you, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, but who'd you put on that second line though? Um, Cause Brian little still hurt. Maybe if Brian little comes back, let's, let's say, I don't know how long it will be, but maybe when Brian Little comes back, you put him on that second line. You see, I just don't think that Brian Little is that good of a second line center. I think, I think they might be better off it, with Cop on the, on the second line, honestly. My, my takeaway is I don't want to take away from that second line for to make to get production on that third line because that second line is way more important than a third line, essentially. Yeah. You want to have those guys out there for much more of the game, and so having that is more important than trying to get that third line rolling. Yeah, and uh, it's also a lot easier to acquire a third line center than it is a second line center. Yeah, I would. Uh, the other thing I guess was taken into account with this is maybe if you've got guys like Ellers and Connor on that second line, you can put somebody else in that second line center role and get a similar level of production. Maybe not the same, but a similar level. Yeah, maybe you might get similar production, but I don't think you do as well uh, like generating play. Okay. Um, any more thoughts on that Penguins game before we move on? No, not really. Not thoughts on the on that game itself. Just, you know, overall, just over the last week, really, is what I'm more concerned about. Okay, moving on to Thursday night. We had the Jets play the Wild. Brennan? Yeah. Who scored first in this game? Not Winnipeg. Not Winnipeg. What? <laughs> and it was Ryan Hartman that got the goal against them. It's not like, oh, it's, you know, Sidney Crosby doing his thing 32 seconds in. It's Ryan Hartman, who's, I think, a good player. But he's a good depth player. He's not someone that should just be, you know, dunking on your defenses. Um, what what did you see out of this first period? Um, good question. You're asking me to – about a specific period in a game a few days ago. So I'm trying to jog okay. my memory here real quick. Um, uh, so I mean, can you remember what you were thinking after the Ryan Hartman goal? It's kind of just like, uh, here we go. It's, it's, it's the Jets, right? Like, right. You know, it, that's, that's almost Jets hockey, really. Um, Isn't there but, some, some stat that's like teams that score first are like 60 to 70% um, more likely to win or something like that, or, or win 60 or win 60 or 70% of their games or something. You're telling me that teams with leads tend to win more games. Well, that's specifically that score first. I'm just trying to figure out how long these jets teams can go without getting that first goal. I, I mean, I'm not so much concerned about the first goal as I am concerned about how they play for 60 minutes. You know, if you're playing well and you give having to give up the first goal, that's one thing. But if you're playing badly and you give up the first goal, that's where I'm concerned. 
But what if this is indicative of a bigger system issue where they, they just cannot start games well? They're just, you know, you can't consistently dig yourself a hole every game. Yeah, and that's true, uh, especially considering that the Jets kind of play this fire wagon style hockey where it's like we'll throw out our top six li- or our top two lines and we'll hope for the best. And we just kind of know our defense is going to give up stuff at the other end because there's nothing we can really do about that. And sometimes you get nights where you give up a chance or, or yeah, a really good chance a few minutes in and all of a sudden you're down one nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's just something I'm concerned about. Um, you know, being getting down so frequently in the first period. Um, but moving on to that second period, Wheeler and Line with goals. Here we go. That top line is absolutely grooving. Uh, you look at the Blake Wheeler's your goal scorer, Shifley and Line with the assist, and then you get the Line goal with Shifley and Wheeler with the assist. Like all three of those guys clicking, clicking. Yeah, um, but I mean that's also just loading up that one line with just a stupid amount of talent. I mean Blake Wheeler's a very underappreciated player. Mark Shifley's a very underappreciated player, and Patrick Line is just, you know, when he's hot, there might not be a better goal scorer in the league. And, and that's kind of what we expected. But again, he's kind of breaking these expectations with, um, you know, earning assists and um, winning back the puck and doing all that stuff. Um, yeah, I get a great second period, right? What, uh, anything else you wanted to mention about that? Not really. Not really. I wanted to talk about the third period, what I thought was the pivotal moment of the game. Pivotal moment of the game. Now, in the third period, early in the third period, the Wild tie the game up at two. Brad Hunt gets a goal. That I thought that uh, Hellbuck, I think, was in goal for this one. What's a had. Brad Hunt? Yeah, exactly. Well, he played in Vegas for a little bit. That's that the only reason I've heard of him. <laughs> no, there's only one brand of ketchup, and that's Heinz. Oh, yes. Um, and so in the third period uh, – Susie of the Wild hits uh, Nikolai Ehlers up high with a clothesline sort of play yeah. that somehow both guys drew a penalty on. I'm still trying to figure out how that happened. Did they get – did they get um, – who was it that got hit? It was it was Ehlers. Did, did Ehlers get a maybe a, a, a simulation penalty? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't know what exactly the penalty was, but I mean, he was basically just like grabbed from behind and driven into the ground. Like, I don't know how you could draw. Oh, they got uh, Ellers for interference. How in the world? Yeah, it was, it was bad. back on that play. I, I, so I can see maybe if they wanted to give him a simulation cause he did kind of sell it. But how in the world did he get an interference penalty there? Yeah. But then just, get it. just a couple minutes later, Kyle Connor puts the Jets back in the lead at 3-2. And then about, I don't know, 30 seconds later, Jack Roslovic scores to make it 4-2. And then it just like that, it was like game over. And immediately the Jets petitioned the league to play all their games at 4-on-4. Yeah, exactly. Or or 3-on-3. Or 3-on-3. You're really trying to push for that all-forward 3-on-3. 
I really am. I want to see it. I think more teams need to go with it. Well, particularly if you're built the way the Jets are. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then Patrick Line puts the game away at 17-41 of the third period to make it 5-2. Just woo. gets his third goal of the season. That top line is just it's just on fire. There's nothing. There's no other way to put it, really. Yeah, this. I mean, if that's what you want out of this team. They're going to be very top heavy, right? Um, line A, Wheeler, Hellbuck picked up stars of the game. I guess Hellbuck looked good again. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was good. I, I was. I mean, other than the Brad Hunt goal, I, he was fine. He was good. It was right, it was yeah. on a night where defensively the Jets weren't great. And they gave up a lot of shots at five on five. They weren't doing a particularly great job of controlling that quality. Uh, it was not necessarily a great night by the Jets, or at least at five on five. But uh, certainly, when you've got the amount of shooting talent that the Jets do, it certainly helps sway things in your favor. Good. Um, anything else stand out to you about this game? Uh, I think I'm good. I, I, right. think I, I think that's really it. And then we can move on to the other game that's happened since we've recorded last. Jets and Blackhawks just last night. Guess who, uh, guess who scored the first goal in this one? Was it the Jets? No. Uh, predictable. <laughs> Actually, it wasn't even the Jets that scored the second goal of the game either. Uh, no, the Blackhawks took an early 2-0 lead in the first period with a shorthanded goal from Brandon Side and a power play goal from Brent Seabrook. And again, this is what I'm saying. You can't expect to go down 2-0 and then come back and win unless you're the Jets, apparently. They can do that. Um, maybe maybe if they keep doing this enough and they keep winning games, maybe I'll shut up about it um, and just expect, oh, the Jets – are unfazed by a two-goal deficit or three-goal deficit even. Are you saying it's like the time early in the season that you called out Patrick Laine and then he just caught fire immediately? <laughs> yeah, the, the universe likes to prove me wrong. I'm pretty sure that it was, it's like it's got to be like nine or like ten out of ten of his points this season have come since you did that. I Probably. I think he's got um, – I think it's probably eight or nine of them because – I think he had some assists in those first couple of games. Um, so after that first period, um, yeah, it, I guess it was the game probably looked a little bit back and forth um, from my read of it, but it's your boy, Nikolai Ehlers. We talk yeah. about him all the time. Underappreciated Nikolai Ehlers, yeah. Getting an assist from Neil Pionk and Jack Roslovic. Now, that's really what you want want out of Neil Pionk. That's what he's good at, is moving the puck in the offensive zone, and it set him up for an assist here. Yeah, yeah, certainly. You know, that's – I mean, that's, that's all you really want out of Neil Pionk because he's certainly not going to help you defensively. Sorry, you know you oh. know my opinion. <laughs> you know my opinion on Whoa. Neil Pionk. He's not bad defensively. No, the blue line is just a revolving door. Right. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
And then Andrew Cup and Kyle Connor, Andrew Cup ties it up in the third period. Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers with the helpers. That was actually Kyle Connor's first assist of the season. Fun was fact really? for you. Huh. Did not notice that either. Fun fact for you. It's, you know, when you're trying to push into that uh, top line role uh, and, you know, Line's playing the way he is. If you if this is the first time you're getting an assist all season, maybe change something. Up. And I don't want to be down on him because an assist is important. Uh, so we did good here. Yeah, this uh, Joe Thorne fan will never be mad at anyone getting an assist instead of scoring goals. <laughs> and then the winner, the boy himself, Mark Shifley. With Mark Shifley with Blake, yeah. Blake Wheeler and Morrissey in three on three overtime, not even a minute into overtime. Yeah, not I think, even a minute. I think that was the only shot attempt in overtime. Would not surprise me. Um, just, you know, that's the thing about three on three overtime. To me, it seems like it's either over immediately or they're going to shoot out most of the time. I was, don't know why. It was a very weird goal. I mean, I mean, he really just takes a shot from the top of the face-off dot or face-off circle. I just, I don't know how, uh, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, um, it might have been Robin Leonard in that, I think. I don't know how that one gets past Leonard. It just kind of sneaks past him on the uh, opposite post down low. It's just kind of a squirrely kind of shot that goes in. But hey, if it works, it works. Gets the job done. And you know, what we've, we've been talking about, the thing that I want to mention about this game is uh, what we've been talking about this entire pod is how good that top line has been. Mm-hmm. But in this game, it was really that second line that dug them out of that hole. You know, Ellers and Cop with the goals that got them tied up. Um, and that's what you want to see. Those what those guys are there to do. When the rest of the team is kind of sh- struggling, you get those guys. That's why you get depth in this league, right? Um, and the, But then, of course, Mark Shifley with the winner. So those top two lines really carry in this Jets team right now. Yeah, um, I'm just looking at the stats here on natural stature. That line of Kyle Connor, Andrew Cobb, and Nikolai Ehlers in 11 minutes of five on five had over three quarters of the possession uh, and their expected goals for for the night were also over 75%. So, yeah, very good night for them. What is their expected goals per 60? That's – more helpful for me. Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it as a rate. I don't think they post as a rate uh, per per game, but uh, but still, like that's that's a good. Those are all good signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Anything else about this game that you wanted to mention? Uh, not not really. Just you know, when you play three games in a week and you win all of them. To me, that's a win, especially when I don't think you really played all that well in a couple of them. You know, that's that's a win in my book. And especially when all – well, two of them are on the road. That's, you know, that's really good. Yeah. And if they can somehow pull a win tonight after playing yesterday and having to travel a stupid amount of miles in one day and cross international borders, uh, I think that's a, that's a win. Even if they can get a point out of tonight, I think that's a win. Yeah, they're sitting at four and two right now. Look out! They they could be 
you know, they're in a position to cause some trouble in that central division, particularly well, after beating two of their division rivals. Yeah, that was, that was huge for them, uh, beating the Wild, especially because it sends the Wild back into their tailspin, still winless on the season, negative 11 goal differential, not the start they wanted. They also keep the Blackhawks from winning a game, though they did get a loser point against Winnipeg. Uh, Dallas, with all their offseason changes, looks like they still need some time to gel. Yeah. Nashville's been just okay. So any points you can get early on the season, you know, I will gladly take. Nashville lost seven to four today to the Kings. Really? Yeah. That was that was bad. That's not good. Oh no, it was last night. Yeah. That's what I figured, but I was just going. I thought, with they, it. Might, I thought they might have played earlier today. Because the NHL tends to do that on weekends. Um, Anything else you saw out of this three-game stretch? No, no, I've expelled most of my talking points. Um, so I guess that brings us right to tomorrow night's big clash against – or not tomorrow night's. When are they playing? The Coyotes Tuesday? Yeah. yeah Tuesday and night's the Coyotes game. The Coyotes oh, I, I I guess that's a talking point is they've played six games so far this season. And that, you know, six games in what a week and a half. Uh, I think it's a little more than that. Two, two weeks. That's still it's, a lot. It's, it's probably, it's more between a week and a half and two weeks. And still yeah. they're cramming in a bunch of games here early on. Yeah. Only the Maple Leafs, Hurricanes and Capitals have played six games so far. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the stars too. And they'll get their seventh game on Tuesday. So, uh, or their eighth game on Tuesday. Seventh game is tonight. Yeah, seventh, seventh game is tonight. Yeah. Uh, and they get the Coyotes, who, despite the offseason hype, have gotten off to a one-two-and-one start. They mm-hmm. sit next to last in the Pacific Division. They've only scored seven goals, but they've also only given up seven goals. So, uh, kind of low event hockey, I guess. Yeah. Um... So it's, I mean, they're kind of the opposite of the Jets in some ways, the way I see them, the way they're built. Um, not so great with the on the attack, better in defense. Um, do we know, it's probably too early to, to ask if this is, if it's going to be Kemper or Ronta in net, um, but I think either way they're probably, Ronta's probably a pretty good backup. Darcy Kemper has looked good as a starter. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. No, that sounds about right. Um, either, either way, I, either way, you should probably expect some good goaltending from the from the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. What do we expect out of Clayton Keller? I'm not really sure. He had a down year last year. Still got the big payday, which I still don't know how. But you know, I mean, that was one of those reputation sort of things. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they have him. I haven't really looked into it that much. I don't know if they have him playing with Castle or what. But um, he, he's gotten off to a good start. He has three assists in four games. So there's that going for him. Uh, the the lineup that I'm looking at has Keller, Stepan, and Castle on that top line. Interesting. So uh, Stepan's playing all the defense on that line? I guess so. Um, and then after that, it's... Barrett, Hay- Barrett Hayden, Christian yeah. Dvorak, and then Nick Schmaltz. Yeah, it was what, it's going to be Hayden's, uh, I think, second NHL game. So, 
I'm just, I mean, after that top line, I just don't see that much. Um, Brad Richardson, Vinny Hinestroza, Michael Grabner. Eh. But the, the defensive pairings, I kind of like. Oliver mm-hmm. ekman Larson is good. Jason Demers is good enough. Golagoski is good. Well, the big thing for them this year is going to be everyone staying healthy because everyone got hurt last year. Right. And they still almost made the playoffs. So that's what makes people really like them this year. I'm I'm interested in watching Barry Hayden, the fifth overall pick in 2018, play in, I think, his second NHL game. So that that should be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. You know, you got Hayden going up against uh, Hanela. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. I'm interested to see this top line go against OEL, Demers, Goligoski, Jarmelson, that sort of thing. I think that'll be really interesting to watch. And then if if Darcy Kemper can back that up too, that might be quite a duel. If the Jets can build a lot of pressure there in that attacking zone and really sort of cycle the puck the way they like to do and get some shots off, really, you know, I think they're going to have to put this um, Coyotes team that are very structurally sound or at least from the, what I've seen of them last season, um, really start to break them down a little bit that way. That's how I kind of envision this game going. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, I think that is all we have for today. Real any, quick. Any closing thoughts? Um, Tuesday, Jets, Coyotes, uh, 4-2 Jets. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Coyotes. I'll play devil's advocate here. I'll go, uh, I'll go 4-2, but, uh, to the Coyotes. Okay. Why not? All right. So, uh, you can follow us or at least the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at grit per 60 pod. You can follow me on Twitter at bfarrell 727 You can follow TC at uh, TC underscore nine Oh four. There we go. You got it. I have all, I have all the plugs down at this point. So, uh, with that being said, uh, feel free to give us a follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, Spotify and iTunes as well. Uh, all right. Thank you for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the hockey podcast network on Twitter at hockey Podnet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockey podcast network.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>